it seems like every day a new story surfaces in which yet another black life is taken. At what point do we say enough? I used my social media to collect questions and comments. I was surprised to see that many people would rather ask me a question if it was anonymous. I just want to put it out there that I am no expert in any of this whatsoever, but I think it's important to educate ourselves and one another. Today, I am accompanied by two other people to help me answer some of these questions. My name is Jackie. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and criminal justice with a minor in sociology. And I am planning on going to law school to be a civil rights and immigration lawyer. Hola, mi nombre es Héctor Alvarado. Yo tengo un, un BA en literatura española y una maestría en teología. He is Hector. He has a master's in theology and a BA in Spanish literature. I just want to start out there with some history. Somebody asked, what does the Confederate flag represent? So from what I found in my research, um, in 1860 to 61, 11 southern states basically formed an alliance from the United States to protect the institution of slavery, forming the Confederate States of America and participating in the Civil War. During this war, the Confederacy and its military forces used a variety of flags, um, but the flag that most associated with the Confederacy was the, the battle flag. Um, organizations such as Sons of Confederate Veterans adopted this flag as like a symbol of Southern heritage, but the flag also served as a potent symbol of slavery and white supremacy, which has caused it to be very popular among white supremacists in today's times. This popularity extends to white supremacists beyond the borders of the United States. So like a lot of people use this flag and I feel like it represents racism. Uh, another question that we received was, what is lynching? I don't know if Jackie, you want to talk a little bit about that? So lynching is basically a form of racial terrorism. It's a premeditated attack or a killing against a certain group, and it mostly affects African Americans. Most of the time it's by hanging, and there actually has been, there have been a few cases within the past couple of weeks. And one of them was Robert Fuller. He was 24 years old, and he was actually found hanging by the city hall in Palmdale, California. Originally, police officers ruled it as a suicide, but the FBI said that it was actually a homicide, so they're investigating that a little bit more. Another one is Malcolm Harsh. He was 38 years old, and he also was found hanging near a homeless camp in Victorville, California. And police also said over there that they thought it was a suicide, but the FBI did not believe that as well. So they're investigating it as a homicide. Um, both of those families said that Robert and Malcolm were not depressed in any way. Uh, Malcolm had actually been at a Black Lives Matter protest earlier that day, and then he was found hanging after that. And the most recent one was uh, NASCAR incident. So Bubba Wallace is the only African-American race car driver for NASCAR. And out of 1,624 garages, they are all inspected at certain times. His was the only one that had a noose that was found in there. So it seemed like that was kind of an attack or maybe a threat towards Bubba. I don't know if you've seen People driving around now, they have the Confederate flag behind and they have like a noose hanging from like their mirror. I don't know. I just think it's very racist. Obviously, it's a little extreme. 
And it's scary at the same time, because if they're hanging the Confederate flag on their cars and putting, you know, a noose on their mirrors and stuff like that, it's hope. I hope it's not saying that like they'll do it, but it's kind of scary because it means that they might actually follow through with doing that at some point. And what is this uh, Juneteenth? Um, so Juneteenth is basically called Freedom Day. Um, on June 19th, 1865, it happened two years, two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, so it was the end of slavery. And basically, it just gave African Americans the freedom that they've had been waiting for for so long. And it was just the end of slavery. What do you think, like, schools don't teach this? Like, we learn about, like, Fourth of July. We learn about, like, we have Columbus Day, but, like, we don't have Juneteenth. I think it's just because people are biased and, you know, there are a lot of conservative people who discriminate against people of other races, especially African-Americans. So I think they just try to hide it as much as they can. And they just don't want to teach other people about it. I feel like schools don't teach a lot of that side of history. Like um, somebody asked, is it true that they tested syphilis on black people without their consent? That is very true. So there was a syphilis experiment in Alabama and it actually lasted from 1932 to 1972 um, by the United States Public Health Service. And there were about 399 men and 201 others that did not have syphilis. And they were told that they were going to be part of an experiment. Um, but they said that they were being treated for having bad blood. But really, they were being given syphilis. And so um, basically, the men were given placebos throughout all of those years, thinking that they were being treated for the bad blood. And it was just a placebo. And in 1947, penicillin was actually found to be the treatment for syphilis. And so they were telling these people that, these Black people, that they were being given penicillin. And so many of the men died. They went blind. They ended up getting mental health issues. And it wasn't until July of 1972 that um, a disease investigator named Peter Buxton found out what was going on, and he, so he leaked the story to the media, which forced researchers to shut it down. And at the end of that, 100 died from related complications of syphilis, 28 people died due to syphilis, around 40 African-American spouses were diagnosed with it, and 19 kids had syphilis when they were born. But these men that actually survived from it, um, they actually had a $10 million settlement in 1973 um, Congress was able to pass that. And now new guidelines were issued to protect people from being able to do that again. So you said that they took it to the media? Yeah, it was. So the investigator, the researchers didn't, but a disease investigator actually found out and he told them that it was immoral what they were doing. And they just, he told them that it needed to stop right away and they didn't listen to him. So that's when he decided that he wanted to leak it to the media um, in hopes that it would help them be like have to stop it. I feel like media could be so biased. Like they want to show only what they they want to show. Like they 
like how we see right now happening with the riots. So, what do you guys think about the riots? Do you guys think it's like undercover cops? Um, I've seen quite a few videos actually about it, and I've seen pictures of um, cops, I guess, on the bottom of their shoes. They have a certain emblem or something like that, and somebody took a picture of these people starting the riots and everything, and they saw the emblems on the bottom of the shoes, which showed that they were police officers, so they were undercover. And then another one video that I saw was another undercover cop starting a fire, and somebody was recording him, so he just ran off. Sí, por ejemplo, también vi el video de un policía, bueno, que se presuntamente es un policía que usaba una especie de herramienta en forma de martillo que al parecer nomás los policías la tienen para, creo que es, son para romper vidrios. Um, esa no, no la puede tener ni un civil, bueno, esa herramienta más bien, al parecer no la puede tener ni un civil, Solamente este, policías. So Hector was saying that he saw another video where this person who apparently was a cop, um, he had some kind of like hammer object and he was breaking windows. And this object, um, they thought it was strange because civilians don't have uh, don't have access to this. Um, so they, they thought it was weird to see like a civilian, but have this breaking windows, you know? I did see something like that, like that too. That a group of cops, they were just walking by a car and they all circled in and started breaking that car. I don't know if you guys saw that video. Sí. Yeah. And, and the media just like, the, the camera guy, he's just like turned away. Like he pretended he didn't see that. I don't understand why. La forma en que rompía el, el, o quebraba el vidrio, más bien, uh, no parecía la forma en que una persona que rompe un vidrio por, por romperlo lo hacía, sino que lo hacía muy particular, muy, este, muy como entrenado. He says that the way that he saw the cop hitting that window, it seemed like he was trained to do so. Like it wasn't, he was just hitting it just to break it. Like there was a specific way he was doing it which I, I honestly think that there is undercover cops who are starting a lot of these um, riots, um, breaking windows uh, that instigate, like, fights and stuff. Like, I don't know if you guys just saw um, this lady. She started the fire uh, at the Wendy's. Oh, wow. And, she, yeah, it's like she, she got charged with... Um, Arson, I think it was. Yeah, I think she was, she's, they posted a bond for like $10,000. Man. <laughs> was she a black woman? No, she was white. Oh. I feel like if she was a black woman, um, she would have had definitely a higher bond than $10,000. And she probably would be convicted with a lot more than just arson. I think that too. Yes. What do you guys think? Are the riots helping? I don't think that the riots are helping as much as peaceful protests or just regular nonviolent protests. Um, I think the riots are taking away from the bigger picture, which is that black people need more equality and they need to be treated as equals 
just like the rest of us. And the riots are just making everybody look bad, like not just black people, but white people just making every one of them look bad. So it's just taking away from the bigger picture and what really matters. Right. Sí, por ejemplo, creo que las protestas pacíficas son mejores que las que las protestas violentas. Um, yo sé que hasta cierto punto una protesta puede llegar a ser violenta cuando es cuando es incitada, ¿no? Uh, como por ejemplo estos policías uh, infiltrados, que yo creo que también hay policías infiltrados. Um, yo creo que ese tipo de, de incitación es lo que lleva a la violencia, pero creo que también... Uh, yo estoy de acuerdo con Jackie en que las protestas pacíficas son, son mejores. It can, a, a peaceful protest can turn into a violent protest if it, like somebody starts a fight. Right. Like he says that he believes that there is undercover cops. I completely agree. Do you guys think that cops have maybe too much power? I do. I mean, I think they abuse their power. Sí, yo también creo, porque um, no solo se puede ver Uh, en, las, en la forma en que arrestan, también he visto otros videos de policías muy prepotentes uh, cuando detienen carros. O sea, cuando te quieren poner algún ticket por alguna uh, falta de tránsito o algo así, uh, ellos también tienden a ser muy prepotentes y a, que, y a, a, a abusar del poder. O sea, yo creo que los policías están muy mal entrenados, están muy mal entrenados. Yeah, so Hector's saying that he thinks that police are very bad trained, and I actually agree with that too, which leads me to the next question that somebody asked, what does it mean to defund the police? And I feel like a lot of people have confusion when they hear the words like defund the police, like they think it'll completely eliminate police, but that's not true. So like to defund the police, it means that like police will still be funded, but they won't be overfunded. So the city budget would like be redistributed so that everyone that needs it would be getting a fair share. So funding can go to stuff such as communities, schools, uh, hospitals, infrastructure, like other services that communities need. Mm -hmm. But again, it does not eliminate police funding completely. And another thing that, like how Hector said, um, they're really bad trained. I, I really do agree on that. Um, somebody asked, is it time for right. a reform? Is it time to reform the police academy? And they said... In my opinion, yes, it is time for a reform in the police academy. Um, other countries require more years of training. Some even require an associate's degree to become a police officer. And that's why other places don't see um, deaths by police so much. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that police should have more training? Should they have less duties maybe, like less power? What do you guys think? So I actually took a policing class um, a couple of years ago and... I learned about the different types of policing throughout the years. Like there's military policing, community policing, and all of that stuff. Um, but throughout the years, it has changed, and community policing has different, you know, rules than military police. So um, now I think some of the counties here in Colorado, actually, um, like Adams County requires an associate's degree Another county requires a bachelor's degree, but even though they're supposed to have sort of education, they're still not getting the training that they need to be able to um, 
successfully help other people as much as some would like. Um, and then also they're placing police officers in areas that, you know, they're not used to. So like lower class, like lower socioeconomic areas where, you know, there's people who live life differently than say middle class white people. And so the cops are not trained on how to deal with, you know, people who are a little bit, um, I guess, commit crimes a little bit more. So they resort to violence right away because they don't know what else to do or they're just abusing their power, to be honest. And well, I think too that police are required to do like too many things. Like I feel like there's a big difference between mental health counselors, social workers, medical professionals, then policemen. Like I feel like they, they put too much on them. Like They have too many responsibilities. Yeah. Well, did you hear about in San Francisco what they're trying to, what they just passed over there? No, I didn't. So for nonviolent calls to police, um, they're not sending cops over to nonviolent calls. And instead, they're going to send mental health counselors and, you know, civilians to deal with these calls in a more positive way um, because mental health counselors and psychiatrists and stuff are more trained to deal with nonviolent crimes and stuff like that because they're a little more educated on how people think and how people act and their childhood and all of that stuff. A lot of the factors that go into why people commit crime. And I think that's such a good idea to establish everywhere because I feel like police is like, everybody just calls the police for anything. Like if somebody has a dispute at a store, they call police. If somebody has a car trouble or something, they, they call the police. Like it, everything is the police, police. But I think it's time that we, like San Francisco, that, that, I think right. that's a great idea. Me too. And I think it's going to help a lot. Um, I hope it does. I mean, police are still going to obviously report to the calls that they need to report to, but I just hope that they don't abuse their power and, you know, keep killing people, especially black people. Well, what do you, what do you think about like the peaceful protests, um, how they resort to right away, like shooting tear gas, shooting stuff at them. But when they started having these um, protests against the, the lockdown, it was mostly white people. The cops just stood there and took all the screams, took like everything. It was very different. It definitely is. And that actually goes hand in hand with, you know, most of the shootings are committed by white men. And most of the time, they come out alive when, like you said, people of color are just walking on the street and, you know, they may look like a suspect in a robbery or some other crime. And so cops kill them or, you know, they argue until it turns into something harmful and people of color die. And not just black people, like Hispanics, Native Americans, Asians, all of them. Bueno, por, por ejemplo, creo que para esa, ese tipo de cuestiones um, vemos que los que estaban protestando por lo de George Floyd no estaban armados y en su mayoría eran personas jóvenes. Por el otro lado, cuando fueron las protestas por lo, por el, uh, por lo de la... Uh, por el encierro, por esto de la... ¿Cómo se dice...? Ah, por la pandemia, perdón. Creo que sí, la policía tuvo que ver actuado un poco más fuerte 
porque estas eran personas armadas con armamento militar. O sea, yo creo de que sí la policía tuvo que haber disuelto eso porque uh, no se puede intimidar a la, a la, al gobierno, creo yo, con ese tipo de armamento militar. ¿Sí me entiendes? O sea, porque, por ejemplo, recuerdo cuando fue la masacre aquí en El Paso, este muchacho, no recuerdo el nombre de él, que, el que cometió la masacre, pues tenía armamento militar. Y los policías no le hicieron nada. O sea, incluso hay fotos que circulan en internet donde el tipo todavía tiene el arma y los policías hablando con él. ¿Me entiendes? Entonces, ¿por qué a las personas de piel uh, oscura, como hispanos, o, o, o personas de color negro um, tienen a ser más violentas cuando no tienen armas. O sea, eh, este sí es un motivo racista, ¿me entiendes? O sea, no, no es solo el hecho de que, de que uh, por ser de piel oscura te, te, te incriminen en algo, simplemente es racismo. So what Hector is saying is that it's very different how a white person is treated when they commit a crime to when a black person commits a crime. And he's talking about who did that massacre down in um, Texas. He had weapons and you could see policemen talking to him, whereas to other people that are just walking or minding their own business who are colored skin, they, they get attacked for, for absolutely no reason. He, he thinks that is a racist motive right there. And again, I think it goes back to people are used to racism and are allowing it. They don't see a problem with it at all. I think a case that we could see like that is with uh, Tanya McDowell and how this other person who strangled a toddler in her basement, I think it was, and she only got like a couple months of probation and she was white. Yeah. I actually heard about that. Adjudicaron que era problemas mentales, pero el hecho de que tenga problemas mentales no quiere decir que, que no, 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 no afronte la ley. Uh, y también se tendría que saber qué tipo de problemas mentales tiene. So he's saying that they ended up saying that she had mental health issues, but he says even so she had mental health issues, she still committed the crime. Like it, it is, we should know what kind of mental health issues she had, but still, she should have gotten a more than just probation, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think also that, you know, a lot of white people who commit crimes turn to the mental health excuse, like, oh, I, I didn't know the difference or, you know, I'm bipolar. Or I just was incapable of understanding what I did wrong. Right. And so now they're trying to turn um, Richard Brooks, the um, black guy who fell asleep in his car at Wendy's. They were trying to say that he he was on probation. Like they started making a whole bunch of excuses as to why it was okay what cops did to him. But when you see white people that commit a crime like hanging a toddler, sentenced to probation, like there's something wrong there. I think a lot of uh, racism comes from white supremacists, like we've been saying. Um, and a lot of them, it's weird that they claim to be Christian. So they feel like they're really unstoppable right now because, well, our president himself says a lot of racist things. And it seems like cops are protecting them in some kind of way. 
So somebody asked, should churches talk about politics and modern day problems such as like racism? Realmente no lo hacen. No lo hacen porque tienen miedo a, a las represalias que eso con, 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 conlleva, ¿verdad? Porque la mayor parte de las iglesias, sobre todo hispanas, uh, no sé tanto las uh, iglesias uh, blancas o negras si predican tan, uh, acerca de política. Yo creo que sí. Pero en cuanto a la iglesia hispana, puedo yo hablar de que nosotros no nos preocupa la política. No nos preocupa los temas sociales como el aborto y mucho menos el racismo. Porque creo que como cristianos, y aquí sí voy en todo lo, lo general, de absolutamente en toda la iglesia, um, creo de que hemos politizado uh, el concepto de, 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 la, de la iglesia. O sea, somos de derecha o somos de izquierda. Y ese es un problema porque... Realmente la, la iglesia tiene que exponer los problemas sociales. Incluso aquí en Deuteronomio dice que, en Deuteronomio 16, 19, usando ya la Biblia, dice no tuerzas el derecho, o sea, no tuerzas la justicia, no hagas acepción de personas. La Biblia es bien clara en cuanto a eso. Tenemos como iglesia que exponer el racismo. Tenemos como iglesia que hablar de los problemas sociales como la política y todo ese tipo de cuestiones que están afectando no solo a la comunidad negra, sino que a toda la comunidad, de, en todas las minorías en sí. Porque vemos que el presidente uh, no, se tapa, no, tiene, no, tiene, no se tapa la boca, no tiene ningún filtro, él ofende a todo el mundo. Entonces, como creyentes y como cristianos, creo que debemos exponer estos problemas. Uh, la siguiente pregunta es uh, si los cristianos hoy en día son racistas. Um, dale, dale. Uh, no se podría decir que en, 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 el día, en los días de hoy, sino que hay cristianos que han sido racistas desde, desde, desde tiempos bíblicos. O sea, pero moviéndonos ya para el día de hoy, creo que sí hay cristianos racistas. El único problema es que el racismo es incompatible con el cristianismo. La Biblia dice claramente, en Mateo 22, 36 al, 20, al 40 dice, Maestro, pre, este, le preguntan a Jesús, ¿cuál es el gran mandamiento en la ley? Refiriéndose a, a la Torah, Jesús le dijo, amarás a tu prójimo, amarás al Señor tu Dios, con todo tu corazón y con toda tu alma y con toda tu mente. Este es el primer, primero y grande mandamiento. Y el segundo es semejante, amarás a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. O sea, aquellos cristianos, entre comillas, que son racistas, no son cristianos, porque el, 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 el racismo es incompatible con el cristianismo. Pero yo sí creo de que hay cristianos en iglesias, cristianos entre comillas, ¿verdad?, que son racistas. Yo sí creo que existe todavía el racismo en las iglesias. So, where is the church then? La iglesia, el problema es que la iglesia está ahí. Pero la iglesia está callada. Y yo creo que es el momento de que la iglesia se levante en protesta contra ese tipo de racismo. Yo he visto que en algunas publicaciones de iglesias grandes y tanto de iglesias pequeñas ya comenzaron a despertar. Y eso es bueno. Tras la muerte de, de George Floyd, muchas iglesias uh, hablaron 
hablaron y dijeron, no estamos de acuerdo con lo que está pasando. Y eso a mí me gustó mucho porque desde hace mucho tiempo yo no veía algo así. Entonces yo creo que la iglesia ha comenzado a despertar de su letargo para poder este, hablar de estos temas. O sea, porque estos temas de, de la política y el racismo, aunque no lo crean, todavía siguen siendo tabú en la, en, la, en, la, en la iglesia. Y yo creo que sí, la iglesia necesita hablar de esto. Somebody asks, where is the compassion that God and Jesus asked his followers to practice? Did we forget that we are all children of God? Yo creo que sí. La compasión que Dios y Jesús este, uh, nos dijeron que, que, que la siguiéramos, uh, normalmente la seguimos con aquellas personas que, que nos agrada. Y, y, y eso hay que ser sinceros. Nomás ayudamos y amamos a aquellas personas que, que nos caen bien. Yo creo que como cristiano eso tampoco, eso no sirve. La Biblia, como lo, lo, lo decía anteriormente, y, lo, y esas son palabras de Jesús, dice, amarás a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. Entonces, uh, no podemos nosotros no ser compasivos con todas las personas, no podemos hacer acepción de personas. O sea, porque la Biblia está llena de ese tipo de, de, de declaraciones de que hay que amar al extranjero, hay que amar a los desprotegidos, hay que luchar por la justicia. Los profetas, um, los profetas hablaron en contra de la injusticia y, y mostraron la compasión que Jesús, que Dios y Jesús han hablado en las Escrituras. El problema, como lo, 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 lo dije anteriormente, uh, el problema es que a nosotros se nos olvida que todos somos creación de Dios. Porque a veces como cristianos nomás queremos proteger a los que se dicen ser cristianos, pero a las personas que no practican nuestra fe, nuestra ética, las hacemos a un lado. Yo creo que eso como cristianos no, no debe de ser así. O sea, la Biblia dice que Dios es amor, y si Dios es amor, Dios es amor. Y si creemos en un Dios de amor en el cual hemos creído, nosotros debemos de practicar ese amor. No sin poner ninguna barrera de color ni clase social. Somebody else asked, well, does the Bible talk about racism? Sí, vuelvo a repetir el versículo. Bueno, traje muchos versículos, pero solo quiero leer el de, el de, el de Deuteronomio otra vez. Dice, no, te, no tuerzas el derecho, o sea, no, no tuerzas la justicia, no hagas acepción de personas. Lo que quiere decir aquí es que simplemente no hay que torcer la justicia. Y la Biblia, es, y, y la Biblia habla acerca de... de, de de, del, del racismo pues está totalmente en contra del racismo ¿me entiendes? o sea cuando dice que amarás a tu prójimo a ti, como a ti mismo es que vas a amarlo como te amas tú, o sea tú no eres racista contigo mismo pero entonces ¿por qué, por qué como cristiano eres racista con otras personas? por ejemplo esta cuestión de, 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 all, de all lives matter a mí me molesta mucho porque es un ataque directo ¿Me entiendes? A, este, a la comunidad negra. O sea, no lo hacen porque realmente todas las vidas importen. Lo hacen simplemente para molestar. Si, toda la, si todas las, las, las vidas realmente importaran para estas personas que, que predican ese tipo de cuestiones, uh, les importaba la vida de los inmigrantes, les importaba la vida de, de, de las... De las um, de, lo, de los que practican el aborto, les importara la vida de, lo, de, de la comunidad LGTB, les importara la, 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 la vida de, de, de los asiáticos. Y vemos que ese de los asiáticos también se está volteando el racismo otra vez hacia ellos, como estuvo hace mucho tiempo. Entonces, yo creo de que 
cuando la Biblia habla precisamente del amor, es que habla del amor. No el amor hacia las personas que yo, a mí me agradan, sino hacia todas las personas. Porque Juan 3.16 dice que Dios amó al mundo, o sea, a toda la humanidad tal cual como es. ¿Me entiendes? Entonces, no, no, no debemos nosotros como cristianos ser racistas. Si hay un cristiano que es racista, entonces no es cristiano. I think that's very well said, Hector. And then the last question somebody asked about that was, um, wasn't Jesus dark-skinned? Bueno, la concepción del Jesús blanco que tenemos es una concepción europea. Uh, del Jesús rubio, blanco, de ojos azules. Realmente la Biblia no da ninguna especificación uh, del físico de Jesús. Aunque por el, la etnia a la que él pertenecía, algunos teólogos e historiadores e incluso este, han pensado que Jesús pudo haber sido de piel, de piel oscura porque era árabe. O sea, no, 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 no sé si, este, si fue blanco, aunque yo en lo personal creo que sí debió de haber tenido piel oscura por su etnia. Pero no se sabe a ciencia cierta si Jesús fue blanco o de, o de piel oscura. Pero yo considerando su etnia, creo que sí tuvo que haber sido de piel oscura. One of the things Hector just mentioned too, was saying that if all lives mattered, they wouldn't be attacking black lives, Hispanic lives, Asian lives, like all these other lives. I don't know if you guys saw, like Trump was like holding a Bible, taking pictures. I think that a lot of people see him holding a Bible and they think, oh my God, he's, he's such a great person. He's holding the Bible. Like, how can you not follow somebody that's holding the Bible that talks about God, but then are out here doing the completely opposite of what the Bible actually says to do? Sí. La verdad es que um, estas cuestiones de religión y política son muy complejas. Yo desde el principio que él se dijo que era cristiano, dije, él está jugando a la religión y a la política. He is playing with politics and religion. Sí, porque um, sinceramente yo, yo hasta el momento que él se postuló para, para presidente, yo no conocía mucho de él. Había escuchado su nombre, pero nunca me había interesado. Pero a todo lo que él dice y, y, y hace, yo sinceramente como cristiano de toda mi vida, yo, yo no lo considero una persona cristiana. Él puede decir que es cristiano, pero yo realmente no lo considero uno. Y, y a sus seguidores por igual. So Hector was just saying that himself as a Christian, he doesn't think that Trump is a Christian. He doesn't consider him or his followers a, of a Christian religion. Do you have anything to say about that, Chucky? I agree. I, yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, he says he's a Christian, but he acts completely different. Like, it's, I think he, you know, puts this per, on this persona um, that he's so religious, mainly so he could get people to vote for him. He wants to seem as pure as possible. Um, I don't know. That's just what I think. He tells people what they want to hear. And I think that people see that, oh, because our president says these things, it's okay for us to do it. Because they see that the president has gotten away with so much, they think they can get away with doing just as many bad things. 
Right. And it shows how much power he has too. Like, um, I guess when his trial was going on and everything, there was so much proof against him and he was found to be innocent. So he was able to remain our president. But I think that showed a lot of his followers too, how powerful he actually is because, you know, he got through that and was innocent even with all the evidence against him. And I think that shows how much power white people have as well. Because when Obama was president, if, if um, black people acted the same way as white people are acting right now, things would be completely different. Sí, yo creo que si la comunidad afroamericana hubiera actuado como actúan los blancos hoy, hubiera habido una guerra civil prácticamente. He says he says that if um, black people acted the way that white people are acting right now, he thinks that a civil war could have been created. I think we'd be on the verge of one, for sure. Sí, porque ves que cuando estaba el presidente, bueno, el expresidente Obama, um, ahí lo atacaron de una forma horrible. El problema es que nadie se acuerda de eso, ¿me entiendes? O sea, a él hacían este cualquier tipo de de conspiración ridícula para tratar de desacreditarlo. El problema es que jamás pudieron desacreditarle ni probarle nada. Y en cambio, con, con, con el presidente actual, uh, hay pruebas, hay audios, hay videos, hay testimonios. O sea, y aún así la gente... Y, y, y a mí lo que, lo que más me molesta y lo que me ha tenido muy molesto todos estos cuatro años han sido los cristianos. Porque yo puedo hablar de mi perspectiva cristiana. Me, me han tenido molestos los cristianos que todavía siguen creyendo en él. Está bien, yo le puedo decir, el, con lo que él hizo en el pasado, bueno, está bien, yo le puedo decir, no, no, o sea, está bien, lo que él hizo en el pasado ya se, ya se quedó atrás, pero lo que él ha hecho hoy en día, yo creo que es mucho peor de lo que él hizo en el pasado, porque antes era su vida personal, ahora es la vida de una nación que ha puesto, que, que, ha puesto di, que él ha vino a dividir. Muchos dicen, cuando Obama era presidente, la nación ya estaba dividida. Yo no lo veía así. Pero cuando entró este sujeto al, al, al poder, yo creo que él dividió, despertó el sentimiento que estaba dormido en la gente que se sentía marginada y les dio poder. El problema es que cuando le das poder a gente ignorante, entonces las cosas se salen de control. And I, I like what Hector just said. He says, when you give ignorant people power, things go out of control. Yeah, it does. Most definitely. And I think that brings us to our last question that we've got said, why should it be Black Lives Matter instead of All Lives Matter? I think white privilege has a lot to do with it. Um, I think that right now, Black people need us the most and you know it's not just black people it's people of color like hispanics mexican asian native americans you know we all need to be equal and one and we're right now we are the only voice for people of color and we need to like make that known and until we are all equal all lives can't matter it's just impossible yep i totally agree with you I think simply too because 
Black lives right now are the ones who are in danger. To say that Black lives matter, it doesn't mean that Black lives are more important than other lives or mm -hmm. that all lives don't matter. Somebody's commented that I think we should look at the statement as Black lives matter as an incomplete sentence rather as Black lives matter too. Because of course, all lives matter, but whose life are at risk every day for their skin color? It's right. time that we say their names for all those people that couldn't stand up to defend themselves. Yeah, because no one will listen to them. You know what? It's long overdue, and every 50 years or so, you know, this happens. People sí. riot and try to make peace and try to be equal as white people and be able to do the same things that they do, and then all of a sudden it stops, and then it happens again, and then it stops, and we can't do that this time. We have to keep going in order to make change, um, to make Black Lives Matter. One case that shows racism and inequality is the case of Tanya McDowell. Uh, basically, she was sentenced to five years in prison because she sent her son to a school outside of their district. And she didn't pay the school any money. She just, you know, lied about where they lived so he could go to a better school and get a better education than the school that was in their district. So the fact that she was sentenced... Wasn't she, like, homeless at the time, too? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that she got five years in prison is insane because... Lori Laughlin, I don't know if you guys have heard about that case, and Felicity Huffman, you know, they lied about the two daughters being on the rowing team and paid USC um, $500,000 for each daughter to be able to get um, accepted into their school. And Felicity Huffman paid somebody to take her daughter's ACT or SAT. And Felicity Huffman got... 14 days in jail and Tanya McDowell got five years in prison. And at this time, Lori Laughlin hasn't even gone to trial yet. So she hasn't even spent one day in jail. I think that's just crazy unfair. Five years compared to how many did you say? 14 days. 14 days. Yeah. And, you know, there are different jurisdictions and all of that, but either way, the cases and the convictions should be the same. Well, I don't even think what Tanya did was a crime, to be honest. I don't either. And I don't think that if, you know, if they were somebody white did the same thing, just like earlier, I would say that they would not get five years in prison. They'd maybe get some jail time. It's similar to um, the case about Richard and how, they were saying that he was in prison and all of that stuff, and they were judging him based off of that. And yes, although that is true, he did get out of prison because of COVID. Um, they ended up get, letting him get out. Just because somebody's in prison does not make them a bad person. And I personally used to work with offenders, and they were in prison at one point, and those are some of my favorite people, and they're very kind. They just had bad luck, and it's just like Tanya McDowell. She was given too much prison time for something that should not have been, that maybe she should have, if anything, been on probation, which I don't even think it was, she should have been on probation. Yeah, I don't think she should have been on anything. She's just trying to do what's best for her, for her kid. Right, right. Just like Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman, both white women, paying so much money for their children to be, get a good education. 
and Tanya McDowell didn't even spend a penny. Just used to the address. Yeah, it's insane. So Patterson Brown, he was killed by an off-duty police officer. So David Cobb was the police officer, and he saw Patterson Brown in his car, and I guess he appeared really high on marijuana and was incoherent due to alcohol. Um, So David Cobb asked him to get out of the car, in which Patterson Brown refused. And so the cop fired one shot and actually killed him right away for nothing. I mean, because he wouldn't comply. And I don't think that a person not complying with a police officer deserves a death sentence, especially when it's not you know, a big deal. And yeah, they just don't deserve death sentences. And Patterson Brown was only 18 years old when he was murdered. And 18 years old. Yeah. And David Cobb says that he thought that Patterson was on more drugs than marijuana and drunk, like alcohol. And so he said he was worried about what he was going to do with the car. And I don't know if that means, you know, try to run him over or drive off or do what. But either way, that doesn't, he doesn't deserve a death death sentence for that. And another thing too, Rayshard Brooks, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the video. He was running away from the cops and the cops said that they shot because their life was threatened. He was running away from them. Right. If I see somebody running away from me, I don't. I'm not scared for my life. So if I see somebody running towards me, I think like that's a completely different thing. But he was running away from them. Yeah, he was actually 18 feet away from them when they shot him in the back. They shot him in the back. The fact that they shot him in the back shows that he was not a threat. You know, he did argue with them and take their taser and everything like that. But he, at the time of the shooting, he was not a threat. I don't, I think, I don't know, from what I saw, I don't think he was taking the taser to use against him I think he was more scared for himself like for his life yeah yeah because I'm pretty sure they tased him at one point didn't they I think they did yes yeah so he definitely wasn't doing it to be harmful he you're right he was scared he seemed scared yo apenas me enteré hace un par de días yo no había oído nada absolutamente nada de este caso al parecer quedó enterrado allá en Aurora Colorado Ah, porque prácticamente no, no lo conocía y al parecer no, no, no fue de mucho, de mucho revuelo, quizás porque no hubo nadie que grabara nomás la, la cámara del policía, al parecer, no estoy seguro, porque todo esto es muy nuevo, pero al parecer, ah, bueno, él tenía 23 años de edad, era un muchacho, ah, como lo, lo estaba leyendo aquí, bastante, era un buen muchacho, así que que tocaba el violín para los gatitos en Petco. Yeah, yeah, he would he would play the violin for kittens on his lunch breaks. Sí, y, y, y era todo un artista al parecer. Um, la policía de, de ahí de Aurora, del departamento, recibió una llamada de una persona que parecía sospechosa porque llevaba un, una máscara de esquí, pero al parecer 
uh, el ayer la llevaba porque parecía de anemia y sufría de mucho frío. Uh -huh. Entonces, uh, él venía de una tienda cuando dicen ellos que se resistió el arresto. Aunque en realidad, si tú ves el video, él nomás iba caminando y al parecer él no entendía nada de lo que estaba pasando. Entonces, um, lo que me conmovió a mí fue que murió de la misma forma en que murió este George, George Floyd. Dijo las mismas palabras. Aunque él haya murió primero, o sea, murió meses antes, dijo, yo no puedo respirar. Y lo que, lo que a mí me pareció más terrorífico es que le inyectaron um, kenamimato, que que ¿se llama en español? Um, que, es el, uh, que es un sedante, el ketamina, perdón, que es un sedante que se le da a las personas muy violentas. Pero uh, si tú ves el video, el muchacho no se podía ni mover. Era un policía mucho más grande que él y no creo que él, así tú ves los videos de Laia y él no parece una persona que, que pueda violentar a otra, ¿me entiendes? Se, se miraba una, era un muchacho muy pacífico y según la autopsia, él murió de un ataque al corazón. Entonces, uh, y, a, y hasta el momento nadie, nadie ha sido incriminado y eso a mí me molesta mucho, mucho, mucho. Yeah. That same department that murdered Elijah McLean, they've had a history of abusing their power. I know that uh, one cop fell asleep in his uh, patrol car on duty, mm -hmm. um, drunk. He just passed out. He was drunk. And he didn't get fired. He didn't get nothing. I heard about that. Yeah. Um, Hector was saying that he just, uh, he's seen the video of Elijah, and he doesn't think that Elijah could even hurt the cop. Like, the cop was so much bigger than him. They didn't have to sedate him. Right. And didn't he have uh, mental health issues or he was had like autism or something like that? He, he, he had something like that, but he did not look threatening at all. He was walking home from uh, a convenience store. Sí. And what Hector was saying is that it's crazy that he died before George Floyd, right? But he was saying the same words George Floyd said, I can't breathe. If somebody tells you they, they can't breathe, you, you're going to step back, right? But they didn't. They laid there. Um, what was it? I don't remember how long. Nine minutes. Nine minutes, yeah. Yeah, if you're, I mean, if you have a heart, if you're a good person, then, you know, you wouldn't do that in the first place unless you were being threatened, but, uh, or attacked. But I mean, I just don't see how they could have done it knowing that he couldn't breathe. He was repeatedly telling them. It's truly sad. I don't get how somebody could witness all these things and not step in. Like, especially the cops, like, I don't understand how they don't stop their coworkers, people you work with, and tell them, hey, maybe you're being a little too hard. Like, he can't breathe. He's telling you he can't breathe. Right. Bueno, ahí te, puede, ahí te puedes dar cuenta de que están mal entrenados, de que ellos son cómplices de los, de los crímenes de otros policías. He says you can notice there that they are not well trained, that they are actually accomplices of um, other cops' of abusiveness. Right. And... That cop that was not doing anything to the man who killed George Floyd um, said that he was scared because he was a rookie and the cop that killed George Floyd was, you know, a 10 year in the police force for like 10 years or something. So he was afraid to speak up. But in the video, he didn't even seem bothered by it at all. And I just don't understand that. Algo para añadir es que 
yo creo que es bueno, al parecer ya están abriendo el caso de Laia yo creo que todos debemos de, de apoyar de alguna forma para que se haga justicia con este muchacho que no, no puede quedar así, sí creo que no, no, no este uh, se debe su muerte, la muerte de él debe ser pagada, ¿me entiendes? o sea, todos los que estuvieron ahí el que lo cedó los testigos, quien, 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 quien lo mató prácticamente, deben ir a la cárcel. So Hector saying that um, he thinks that we should all kind of step up and kind of fight for justice for Elijah McClain's death because, I mean, what happened to him was very tragic. And uh, as he was saying earlier, he couldn't find anything about it. He's right. It was buried in Aurora. Colorado, like it wasn't that big of on the news. There is going to be a peaceful protest. It's going to be held f by the student leaders of across the metro area. They're, they want to have a peaceful demonstration demanding justice for Elijah McLean. That's going to be on Saturday, uh, June 27th at 4 p.m. And that's going to be at the Aurora Municipal Center. Uh, they want everybody to attend. Uh, they believe that Black Lives Matter. I mean, if you guys want to support you know that's one thing you can do is attend this peaceful protest um i said it before but i just want to make it clear that we can't give up and you know we need to keep fighting for black people and people of color because we need to be equal and there's no reason for black people to be treated unfairly and other people of color to be treated unfairly because you know we're all the same and we need equality yeah I, I totally agree with you and I feel like there's so many names and I know we didn't mention all of them but there's so many names that deserved justice that still haven't gotten it I mean George Floyd he was accused of using a counterfeit bail Richard Brooks he fell asleep in his car at a Wendy's Brianna Taylor she was an award-winning EMT she was asleep in her own bed in her own apartment when those three policemen um, entered her house And she was murdered in her own bed, asleep. Robert Fuller, Malcolm Marsh, like we mentioned, they were found hanging from a tree. Cornelius Fredericks, he was only 16 years old. He died um, at a teen behavioral unit in Michigan. Somebody that worked there, they leaned on his chest for 10 minutes. Um, apparently, all he did was throw a sandwich. And he was also saying he couldn't breathe. And he also went from a cardiac, um, died from a cardiac arrest. Tamir Rice, actually, he would have been 18 years old today. He was murdered when he was 12 years old for carrying and playing with a toy gun. I think the list is so long. I don't know. I don't want to see another black person's name turn into a hashtag. Me either. No, tampoco. And I know there's a lot of people saying, well, I can't attend a protest because of health issues. And, and I get that. There's, there's other ways to help. And let me tell you, you can educate yourself. And I think that is so important. Educate yourself so that you can educate someone else. I mean, there's so many ways to do that. Um, you can watch a movie. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Hate You Give. Selma, Just Mercy, these movies, great examples of what's going on in today's world due to racism. Netflix also has shows like When They See Us. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Dear White People. I know they're just shows, but they have a lot of truth to them. You can also sign petitions. If you Google www.blacklives.help, They have fundraisers and many petitions to sign. There's a petition there to sign so that the murderers who killed Breonna Taylor are charged. Um, I just want to say Black Lives Matter is a movement and a stance in response to the reality that the United States was built on a legacy of slavery. 
racism and oppression. And we are the United States of America, but we are nowhere near united. And I just think it's time to step up. I think it's time that we hold each other accountable. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. once said, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. So the next time you see somebody who's facing injustice, just don't sit back. Don't be quiet. If you see someone that needs help, step in. Be an ally. Somebody made a comment um, in our anonymous event that we had. They said, pushing this agenda is annoying. Um, I just want to say, if you're tired of hearing about racism, can you just imagine how tired people are of experiencing it? ¿Sabes una cosa? Yo creo que nosotros hemos crecido con, con la idea del racismo. Por eso es que vivimos tan, tan tranquilos. Vivimos tan, tan, este... El, el racismo está tan metido en nosotros que aunque no lo practiquemos, se nos hace normal, se nos hace normal el, el, el ver racismo. Porque es que la persona que comentó esto está diciendo, ah, esta agenda molesta mucho porque, porque, ¿sabes por qué molesta? Porque te hace recordar que estás mal, precisamente te, 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 hace, te hace entender que estás mal. O sea, porque el racismo de Estados Unidos es tan sistemático. O sea, no viene desde abajo hacia arriba, sino que es de arriba hacia abajo. Y pues el racismo de Estados Unidos es histórico. O sea, no es una cuestión de hoy, es una cuestión de toda la vida. Desde que los peregrinos pisaron tierra aquí y exterminaron a casi todos los nativos americanos, este país no ha dejado de ser racista. No ha dejado de ser racista. And that's true, Hector saying this this um, country has a history of racism and it has not stopped being racist. And he thinks that the person that commented that this agenda was annoying, um, they might find it annoying just because it reminds them that they're wrong. Um, another good point that he said was that we grow up in racism. We think it's okay. We, we see these things happen and we just let ourselves think that it's normal, but it's not. And like I said, it's, it's time that we start holding each other accountable. It's true. And that's why I say you need to keep fighting. And because if you are persistent with it, something is going to change. And a few things already have changed. And we need to make this not normal. Like we need to make it, you know, actually show people that it's wrong. And although this is our opinion, you know, a lot of people agree with us and I don't know, it's just, we need to make a change. I agree. Sí, un, un, una cosita más. Uh, yo creo que cuando veamos algo, algo que, que sea una injusticia en la calle, lo expongamos en las redes sociales. ¿Me entiendes? Porque es necesario que toda la gente vea y comprenda lo que está pasando en el mundo. Por eso el caso de, de George Floyd se hizo muy, muy, muy famoso porque hubo alguien que se atrevió a grabar a los policías. O sea, yo creo que cuando veamos nosotros esa brutalidad policíaca o, o algún acto racista, también expongamos a estas personas ¿me por medio de nuestras redes sociales, que compartamos noticias que sí, que sean fidedignas, o sea, que sean reales y que nuestras redes sociales se llenen de... de de, de, de protestas, ¿me entienden? O sea, que la gente pueda ver que, que no solo es una persona, son muchas personas. And, and that's 
And that's true what Hector is saying. This is a worldwide issue. And he's totally right to the person that had the courage to record what was happening to George Floyd. Because they put it on social media, it expanded into this worldwide thing that everybody was, everybody's standing up now, slowly. Like, they see it on social media, and it's like creating a domino effect. They see it, they're standing up for one another. Um, He's saying that we should record racism and upload it so that everyone else could see it, too. Yeah, because just imagine how much is not recorded and how much is not posted. You know... We see every day new videos coming out and, you know, new deaths. Um, But imagine how much we don't see and we don't know about. I want to thank everybody who took the time to listen to us. And I just want to say it's time to do your part. Research, learn, again, educate yourself. Um, Hector and Jackie, I just want to thank you guys for using your voice today and helping me answer these questions. Thank you for having me. Gracias. Gracias por sí. Of course. My name is Jackie, and I stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, my name is Hector, and I stand with Black Lives Matter movement. And my name is Jenny, and I stand with the Black Lives Matter movement.